Welcome to Money Grows on Trees. Money does grow on trees. A podcast full of practical, real-life money lessons that you wish you learned in school. Lloyd is a former lawyer turned lifestyle entrepreneur. In each episode, he'll be answering the tough questions around money, investing, and entrepreneurship to help you transform your money mindset and move you closer to achieving your financial goals. Now, let the class begin. Here's your host, Lloyd Ross. All right, welcome back to the show. Money Goes on Trees podcast. My name is Led Ross. This episode is called The Dando Investor. This is going to be one of my favorite episodes to record, I swear. It's just so, I love this topic, um, The Dando Investor. You're probably thinking, what the heck is a Dando Investor? It's very, yeah, you wouldn't know. I doubt many people would, unless you're heavily read in in the area of investment. You've read all the investment books. Um, you would know what I'm talking about. If not, Buckle up because you're going to enjoy this episode about how to approach your investing. I'm just talk, I'm not talking just about shares. I'm not talking about just about real. How to how to approach all of your investing? How do you invest your time, your money? How do you compound your capital? What do you look for? What's the what is the real? What does it mean to be a Dando investor? What's this principle all about? Well, this is uh, an excerpt from um, Manish Prabhai's book called The Dando Investor, which is one of my favorite investment books. And I just want to explain the concept to you and then apply it to real examples in my own personal life where it's where it's helped me massively and it's helped me get ahead. And you can apply this principle to everything you approach in your life too, and it's going to help you drastically. So even if you haven't read the book, it's fine. Um, this is this is a, a shortened version of that for you on the podcast, which you're going to love. So Manish Prabhai talks about this um, this process called the or this this principle called Dando, it, and it's an Indian principle. Okay. So what's interesting is I'm just going to give you a bit of a backstory on this for how it came about. So there's uh, there's a, a a class of Indians, okay, called um, Gujarats, okay, Gujaratis they're called, <laughs> and they're 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 Indians who are born in Gujarat, which is a a, a place uh, in India where actually where Mahatma Gandhi was born. Um, very small subsection, okay, of the Gujaratis are called the Patels. Okay, now you probably heard if you talk to an Indian friend or an Indian family that the name Patel is is synonymous with Indian families. Now, what's interesting about this particular subsection of um, of Gujaratis, the Patels, is there was this back in the seventies. There was a massive um, influx of Gujaratis from India into the United States of America. Okay, and so there's about now about three million. Indians in America, so not massive amounts, probably one percent of the population, and of that, there's a very small subsection of Patels. Okay, now what's fascinating about that is that right now in America, only fifty years later, less than fifty years later, over half of the motels in the entire country of the United States are actually owned and operated by those Patels. How amazing is that? That one family name from India has now control, right, uh, over half. Of all the motels uh, in the United, the whole United States, crazy, right? So over thirty, so thirty-five years ago, there weren't any, or, or forty years ago, there weren't any Patels in America. Now, bang, they've got that. How is that possible, right? And it all comes back to this, the Dando principle, right? So, uh, let me explain what the word actually means. So, Dando, okay, it's a Gujarati word. It's it's a real subsection word from India, and Dan or Dana means wealth. Okay, and so dando translates to endeavors that create wealth, right? 
and I guess the, the, the basic translation is business because you know if business isn't uh, an endeavor to create wealth then what is it okay but it's this it's this process by which you invest and create wealth okay dando so what that means is it's it it's basically summarized as low risk high return approach to business okay or investing okay or no risk high return investing because people make this big mistake they think investing returns so like the more risk I take, the higher returns I get, okay? And that's taught through academics, it's taught through, you You would have heard it, like high risk, high return, right? And here's the thing, you don't have to do that. It's actually, the, when you flip it, what you wanna create is a scenario where it's no risk, high return, which means there's no downside, or very minimal downside, and massive high return, okay? So I'll give you an example, it would be, um, it would be, Heads, if you flip the coin, it's heads I win, tails I don't lose much, or tails I don't lose anything. Now that type of betting, that type of investing is what's gonna create drastic amounts of wealth for you. And that's exactly what happened to this family of Patels that migrated from India to the United States in the 70s, okay? So they applied this dando approach to their ho the hotels business, okay? So if you look at hotels, or motels rather, if you invest in a motel, you're investing in a business, it's an investment of your capital, your money, and that particular business is gonna throw off a return, okay? Whether you're investing in business or real estate or any other assets, the amount of money which you put in is your capital, starting capital, your purchase uh, your purchase price for your investment, and then how much money can you extract back in what time frame? That's how investing is done, okay? So the Patels go about this, this dando effect when they come to the United States. As they come to the United States, the family obviously has broken English. They can't get very good jobs, and so they're like packing, uh, they're packing bags at, at the local supermarket, right? Very low, uh, <laughs> very low wage, okay? Very low hourly rate, and so they've got big families, the Patels, right? Because Indians traditionally have, you know, they're bigger families, right? And so. In the United States, they're like, well, flip an act. Like, I've got to pack all these bags every hour. I'm getting paid minimum wage. And I've got this big family. I've got to pay this rent to house them all. Like, they're thinking, how the heck can I flip this around? How can I change it, right? So what happens is the family, uh, the family moves into uh, or looks for a way to change this. So what happens is the main father, Patel, sees a small 20-room motel on sale, right? That appears to be very cheap. So he starts thinking, flipping it, what if I can move my family into this motel? So there's plenty of room there, right? Plus, turn it into a business, okay? And that solves two problems. A, he can uncap his income, his hourly rate goes up. B, gets to put his big family into one place, right? Without paying the, paying the, the rent, because there's plenty of room there. So looks to solve the problem. So what happens is he's like, okay, well, how much money do I need to buy this place? And the bank in those days would have lent 90% of the purchase price, right? And probably would today too. So the rent, his rent goes to zero because his family's living there and B gets a business, okay? So he puts together about $5,000 cash between him and his family members, okay? And relatives, right? They, they put it together. So they're kind of like crowdfunding the, the, the starting capital, the, the equity to put into this motel, right? So it only required a small investment from them, okay? And it solved the accommodation problem of the family, okay? Because they could live and work there for free, effectively. So they do that and they borrow the balance off the bank. Now, what's interesting is the bank has taken all the risk because if the Patels don't 
perform. They're like, you know what? We lost the 5,000. We can save it up again. No dramas. That's our, that's the worst case scenario, okay? And the bank is just going to foreclose on the loan and sell the motel to someone else, right? So it releases them in the mortgage. Now, in America too, a lot of the mortgages, their first mortgages, you can walk out without being bankrupted as well. There's certain terms of the deal that would have made it very minimal or no risk for them except for their $5,000 in starting capital. So the whole family moves in, they've solved the accommodation problem with themselves, plus they've got a business, and the minimum they lose, or the you know, the maximum they lose is 5,000 cash they hoarded together, okay? The bank's taking on most of the risk. There's pretty much only upside from here because, you know, with all of them living there, they can all work in the motel business, so you've got people leverage, lots of people leverage, plus the way they live is so simple because they were mostly vegetarian, so they didn't have to go out to eat, they didn't often do that because no restaurants served vegetarian in those days. So like, we have to stay home and eat. And so if they're cooking bulk food and there's got, they've got scale with their family, they're actually very living very cheaply. Now, what's interesting about that is because of those habits that they have, they can actually start to minimize the costs of running the hotel because there's a lot of them. They don't cost much to live there. And they, the way they live is simple. So all of a sudden, because there's not much cost associated with them living, they can actually start to bring down the cost of the accommodation of the motel. So they start to actually bring down the the rate at which they can, you know, rent out the motel rooms to people. So what happens in the business is their, their, their operating costs fall. They can start charging less of a room rate. So they start to beat their competitors and they start to actually attract more people to the motels because of the pricing power they have. Okay. And so when that happens, they're like, wow, we, we, we've got good operating margins of the motel, families living here for free, this is amazing, got capital leverage, you've got people, sorry, people leverage, and we're starting to attract more people because of our, our, our room rate, right? Our room rate is the lowest, so they're competing well. So they start to leverage up and they buy another motel, another motel, another motel, and they just copy this operating system on the motels and eventually own half of all the motels in the United States in 35 or 40 years. It's insanely amazing, right? But I wanna go back to this, the way they approached it, okay? The Dando capital allocation, right? If you drill it down, it's where as an investor, you can make virtually like risk-free bets or very small risk bets with outsized rewards, okay? And you can just keep doing that over and over again. You basically make the same bet over and over again. Once you have a workable model like that, you just repeat it over and over again. You don't have to go and recreate the wheel. Right, so that's how they've comp that's how this particular family, the Patels, they compounded their net worth like that over and over and over again, and made them billionaires. Okay, and so it, you can you can take the same approach with your investing. Okay, um, if you follow this process, you'll start to look for not not high risk, high return bets. And what I mean by that is high risk, high returns like. If you look at what you can lose in the situation, it's usually very high. So in your scenario, if you're looking for high risk, high return, you'll go heads I if you flip a coin, heads I win, tails I lose everything. Right? Or heads I win, tails I lose half of my net worth. Right? And you don't want to do that because then you've got to start from zero and that's flipping hard because you have no compounding power. But this is how most people are approaching their investing. And I call it in, in my second book, Money Buys Happiness, I call it the jackpot money mindset, where people are looking for the big jackpot. So they're betting big to win big. Bet big, win big, right? Now you can bet big, but you've got to be careful what you're betting on. And too many people are betting on high risk, high return uh, investments. I'll give you an example, crypto, massive, right? Crypto, um, some of the NFT space, um, 
what else? Uh, obviously, the casinos, um, certain uh, other assets like FX tra trading tends to be that that way. FX or options, okay, options. People get themselves in a lot of pro hot water with options trading. Uh, even stocks, right? Penny stocks and this type of stuff. They're looking for. They're looking for. They'll put all their capital into a penny stock, hoping that it then like jackpots, right? So that's a high risk, high return scenario. But what you want to look for is low risk or no risk and high return. So personally, how I've done this, I'll give you a couple of examples, right? And you can approach this in terms of business as well as investing, because business effectively is an investment. Uh, that's just what people don't understand. It's an investment of your capital to compound your capital over time. And so a good example would be, um, so with our network marketing business, when we found out, because we were already using these products, we, they worked for us, I lost 13 kilos, it was amazing, I was like, this is great, didn't cost too much, it was like, I, I was gonna eat food anyway, I just, instead of eating rubbish, I just turned to eating some better quality nutrition, so the cost was actually minimal or nothing, it actually didn't cost anything, it was just a switch of the grocery bill into, into what we were eating that was wrong, into eating better food. So the cost was actually zero, and so when I, we found out, that we could build a business from it, and the only overhead was the product purchases that we we're already making every month that we we're gonna make anyway, whether we ate the right food or wrong food. And I, and I learned that we could earn up to a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand dollars a week if we got after it part-time while we we're working, then all I saw was upside. Does that make sense? That's a perfect Dando example. It's like, well, heads, if it, if it pays off and we put the effort in it and we make money, heads I win. But if we put the effort in and I don't make money, don't lose anything. Like there was literally no downside. So it was a perfect Dando investing opportunity. And that's why we went for it because I understood that, right? And so I was like, what, what can I lose here? What do I stand to lose? And the answer was nothing. <laughs> so it was perfect. And of course, we ended up making well over a million US part-time doing that, which is crazy, right? Which is we've then put into other investments that are also Dando, which has helped us succeed. So this is a good example. Another example might be, um, like for example, if you've got, uh, to an extent, you, you look at some side hustles like Uber, uh, I would say DoorDash is a good example. Like if you're gonna be moving around town and you can go and pick up someone's food and move it and walk walk it there while you're, while you're doing it and get paid, that's pretty dando. Like the downside is nothing, you don't lose anything. Upside is I make money, right? You can, there's all types, types of things like, um, you can add apps that allow you to look after pets. You can add apps that allow you to, you know, do photo shoots for people. There's literally no downside to making some of that money, right? And certain part-time jobs or certain like letter, like I give you an example. If you're going to letterbox drop and get paid thirty bucks an hour on the weekends or even before you start work or whatever, and you get to walk at the same time as listening to podcasts and you get paid thirty bucks an hour to drop letterbox drop, that's pretty dando. Like that's pretty all upside because you can do three things at once, net time and make cash, right? But looking at from a from more of an investment standpoint of assets like real estate or stocks, if I if we apply the Dando effect to that, okay, what you're looking for is opportunities that are so easy to spot that they're so simple. There's almost no risk to them, okay. Um, and a great example might be um, you know if you're going to hold it long term through different various business cycles and 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 economies. An index fund, a broad-based index fund, you know, in, in the mature markets of America or Australia, whatever, it, it is pretty hard to lose if you're going to hold it for 20 years or longer. Really, it is. It's all. It's very minimal downside. Like, 
Heads, you win because you hold it and you're going to make returns from the dividends plus the growth. And tails, if we go through some, you know, market gyrations, like in the 70s, the market went sideways for 10 years, you don't lose much or you don't lose anything, right? Really, it's, it's that. That's why index funds are such an effective way to compound your capital over time quietly, right? Do you get massive returns? No. Do you get upsized returns? Yes. You get out, you out return real estate, you out return um, gold, you out return, you know, lots of stuff at nine to 10%. It's pretty good, right? Out, in, out return inflation, which is awesome. So th that's a pretty good example. If you're looking at real estate, for example, you look at your downside. So if you go and you bought real estate and you bought a multi door real estate, so you bought perhaps two doors, so you bought a duplex and you bought it off the bank, right? Someone's default on their mortgage, really cheap, uh, very well below the replacement cost. It's near good infrastructure. You can, there's tons of tenants gonna rent it and you think far out, like I can live in one side, right? And rent out the other and I can still service the mortgage payments if I can't rent the other side out. So you move in there, okay? Similar to what the, the, the Patels did with their motel, but you do it on a smaller scale with two doors, one you rent out, one you live in, and if you couldn't rent it, then you could still service the mortgage repayments that you're gonna make anyway. So the worst case is nothing. Worst case is what you're probably already doing. But the best case is you get to rent both, you get to rent the other side out, helps you repay the mortgage faster, and off you go. So there's circumstances like that where you have the ability to create a dando style investment. Now Warren Buffett follows this. So he'll only buy businesses that he feels is so cheap that they can't possibly get any cheaper. And even if the business went bankrupt and they sold off all the assets, the amount that he could get back from the assets would be more than he's paying for the business. So he looks at a, a situation when he buys a stock and he goes, you know what? Heads, like if, 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 the stock, if the business continues to perform, even if it doesn't grow, even if the business doesn't grow, but it produces a four or 5% dividend to me and they just kick along, then I'll kind of win, right? I'll win. <laughs> Heads, I win. Tails, if it doesn't and they, the business goes bankrupt and they sell off all the assets, right? Then they, he still gets his money back. So it's like, tails, I don't lose that much or I don't lose anything. And that's how he approaches his investing, has done for a very long time. So if you approach that with your stocks or with whatever you're doing with your investments or your own business for that matter, and I see this so often with people, like they want to start a business and they the first thing they want to do is take all this risk. They want to borrow 200, 300 grand from the bank, right? Then they want to go into a business they have no experience in. They, it's got a lease, it's got, it's got equipment, it's got staff, it's got all these overheads. And it's an unproven business model. They've not even made a sale there yet, right? So they live in this fantasy world of I'm just going to go and create all this stuff, get all this risk, borrow all this money, put it into, into something I've never had any experience in, like running a gym or, or a cafe or a restaurant, right? And they wonder why six months later, they've foreclosed on their lease, they're out, and they've got all these, they, they go bankrupt. Because it was a high risk, high return experience for them. But it ought to be a very low risk or no risk scenario with high return only upside just look for upside look around right and you'll find it but this is the best way to approach it because as warren buffett says the the first rule of investing is don't lose money the second rule of investing is don't forget rule number one but too many people whether they're going to a business or investment or whatever they just they're taking all this massive risk you just don't need to right and what the coolest thing is, is that when you find these opportunities that are very low risk or no risk and very high upside, is that you can make a big bet on it. 
So the, the, the Patels in that example, they took all their cash and they put it all into that one thing because I thought, you know what? The, tails, yeah, heads we win, tails we don't lose much. We, we, we got this. And you can approach the same when you find something like that, you can bet big. And that's why you can, you know, some scenarios like I've made in stocks, we've been able to put half a million dollars into one position because the downside is, is so minimal, right? And that's what you want to do. You want to protect your capital. But that's how you'll make outsized gains. You make outsized gains from doing big positions in sure things. And I guess just to leave you with this, just in your head as a scenario of what you want to do, most people are looking to do massive high jumps, like a really high bar. They're looking to leap over. You know, they've got to figure out how much is this stock or this business going to earn to the future. I'm not too sure. It's cybersecurity. I know nothing about that. It's this, it's that. It's in the mining sector. They've got to discover all this lithium. They've got mining leases. This has to happen. That has to happen. That has to happen. This has to happen for this to make to pay off. Or this crypto coin, I don't know much about it. It's going to do this and this and this. I have no idea. I don't know when to sell it. Like all these unknowns. That's a really high bar to jump over. But what you want to look for is very, very low bars that you just step over. Okay. You literally just step over. There's just no brainers. Like it's just like, where's the downside here? There's no downside. This is amazing. And if you get scenarios like that, take them. Bet big. You can because you don't need to make massive leaps. And I think if you take this framework, the Dando investor approach to how you allocate your capital or get into business, you're going to save yourself bankruptcy. You're going to save yourself starting from scratch. And that's why I love online businesses and network marketing and index funds and you know things that don't require debt and non-traditional businesses that like online businesses have such a, a high return on capital because there's no operating costs even if you're taking an online business don't hire start like contract things out make create all your costs as variable costs which means if something happens that's bad you can switch off all the costs immediately switch off your ads you can switch off your contracting you can switch off this switch off that and, you, and you're sweet you're good right and you're like far i didn't lose any okay it didn't work out, but I didn't lose anything. And that's why I love so many different online businesses. And that's why I love not taking on debt. That's why I love avoiding traditional high overhead situations. That's why I don't like to buy real estate at the peak of the market into one door real estate investments. Because, you know, you stand, like if you've got a million and a half in debt or two million in debt, you've got some equity in there, sure. But if the market flips and, you, and it goes upside down, you can't refinance, you're stuck with that. And then if something happens to your income, you're really stuck. And then you've got a mortgage in possession, sell it. And then if you can't, you're in a lot of trouble. So look for what can I lose in this situation? Remember, heads I win, tails I don't lose too much, or tails I don't lose anything. That's what you want to approach. That's how you want to approach it. So I hope that's been a, a good episode for you. I've really enjoyed um, recording it. I uh, went for a bit longer. It's a longer one. <laughs> it's 22 minutes. Um, but I just I think it's so important, right? If you take that on board, you'll 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 change your approach. So listen, hey, share this episode if you've got value from it. And uh, I'm going to do a workshop coming up that's online. If you see that coming down to the email database, um, jump on that because I'm going to go through some investing secrets, I think, end of July. I think I'm going to do that. Plus, uh, I'm speaking at an event called DreamFest at the end of September. Okay, more to come on that through. I'll, I'll send out emails to that. You'll see it in the Facebook group. If you're not joined into our Facebook group, do that. It's called Money Grows on Trees. Um, and of course, uh, if you want to get free money tips, I also have a Telegram it's called lloydstelegram.com. If you go to that, I give out free money tips each day in there. Okay, so lloydstelegram.com. Jump in there um, if you want to get instant updates. And just about to launch a YouTube channel, right? So we just did some uh, some filming. Going to launch a YouTube. So uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that. You'll, I'll send it through the emails. Um, 
And of course, hey, thanks for tuning into the podcast. Um, really, really appreciate you. Thanks so much for sharing. If you share this, that's awesome. I'll give you a shout out next episode. And uh, I look forward to um, talking to you on the next episode. Thanks for joining us this week on the Money Grows on Trees podcast. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, Money Grows on Trees, which you can find at LloydJRoss.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, leave a review, and feel free to reach out to Lloyd on Instagram at Lloyd James Ross. 